Hey everybody, what is going on? My name is DJ and you are back with the Restaurant Growth Podcast by Seven Shifts. On this show, we speak with the best minds in the restaurant business to give you big insights and new ideas on how to help your restaurants grow. Today on the show, we are joined by Amelie Kang, the owner of Mala Project in New York City. Amelie takes us through what it was like to open her first restaurant at the young age of 23, how her role has changed as they've expanded to three locations with a fourth on the way this year what she hopes the future of restaurants looks like from a staffing perspective, and what to order in your Sichuan dry pot. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at podcast7shifts.com to let us know what you think and who you want to hear. And with that, here is Amelie. Amelie, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Welcome on the podcast. Thank you. So we're so excited to have you. Um, I could probably do an intro, but you could do it better than I could. Um, just tell us how you got your start in the food business. Yeah, so I came to America to go to um, to study culinary arts at the CIA. Um, I came here about 12 years ago and um, studied the culinary arts management. Um, after graduation, I um, started working as a manager at a Chinese restaurant called China Blue. And fast forward uh, 20. 14, I left the company after, um, I think it was nine months because my visa was getting expired and um, we decided to do something of our own, uh, me and my partners. So we opened Mala Project. That's awesome. Did you always know you wanted to go to culinary school? No, it was a last minute decision. I was looking for um, college to study media. Um, or advertising something in the communication world. And I decided to change gear. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I went the opposite way. All my family are all cooks. My dad teaches at culinary school as well. Um, and I went the media route instead. <laughs> so, so funny. here I am. Yeah, I was like, I'm the only one. So, um, But it's still food, food related. But yeah, so Mala Project opened 2014. And I know that you cook something called Sichuan Dry Pot Cuisine. I know a lot of people are familiar with hot pot, but what is dry pot? Yeah, dry pot is a communal pot where you uh, can choose, you can make your own pot by choosing ingredients um, to your liking um, from meats, veggies, tofu products, um, fish, chicken. Um, so you'll, um, you'll have this beautiful bowl of ingredients that you choose and we stir fry it with 24 different spices um and you enjoy it with some side dishes and a bowl of rice so sometimes people have a bowl for themselves and sometimes people share very cool so similar to hot pot in that regard but without the uh the soup or the broth correct is that something you grew up eating um it got popular sometime when i was in high school i think so i i started eating it once a week with my family uh, when I was in high school. Very cool. And what made you decide to open a restaurant surrounded around that dish? So I was definitely very surprised to not be able to find any dry pot restaurant in Manhattan back then. Um, there was one place in Flushing, but it's under, you know, it's part of the food court and you have to travel really far to, to get to. Um, so I was kind of surprised by that. And I definitely missed that dish a lot. Um, yeah, and also the dry pot, I think it's um, somewhat easier in terms of uh, operations. So, and I just thought it's a fun, like, eating format that's really, um, like, a New York, 
it's it's got the New York vibe because you can choose and people can customize. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you you mentioned it's easier from an operations standpoint. In, in what way is is that um, is it easier? Because the the key of the dry pot is all in our sauce. So we um, we make our sauce and we take hours and hours to make it, um, and it's super flavorful. Um, but you can do that ahead of time. Um, and actually, you have to do that ahead of time. And when it comes to the actual stir fry process, it's very quick and um, easy, and, and so less kitchen, uh, less pressure on the kitchen and on the relatively. So it comes out in one thing, but for the most part, I guess the prep is is just the raw ingredients, and then it's mixed with the spices and the sauce, right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, there are three different sauces um, that go into it, and everything is. Uh, all the sauces are prepped ahead of time. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, so opening that first restaurant, um, you know, kind of not fresh out of culinary school, but but pretty, pretty recently out. Um, what was that experience like? Um, I know it was about 2015, so a little bit of a different world. Um, but what were the, some of those things that you learned in that initial opening? Um, and, you know, maybe what some of the setbacks or, or things that were unexpected about it? Yeah, we definitely, I mean, I was 22 years old. I had no idea how the world works. Um, yeah. I definitely paid way more for the construction team than I needed to. Um, and and we didn't have a lot of uh, money to work with also. So we were doing everything ourselves, basically, um, in terms of finding furniture or interior design, even PR and marketing. I did it with my best friends. So um, that was a pretty good learning process. I didn't know that there's such a thing as um, the landmark buildings where um, in order to do construction, you have to wait months and months. So there was, I think it was a three months period where we couldn't do anything but to wait for the permit to come in um but i got my yoga teacher license and i <laughs> attended during that time so it was fun and it made it work yeah <laughs> yeah those landmark buildings are, are tricky i know that they take a lot of like um, back and forth especially with here in new york with like the city the building building department um and all of that so you know, in the name of preserving some beautiful buildings, uh, it can be quite the pain to to build out and, and make some changes. Um, but I think that it all works out. Um, so I'm curious. So, you know, the name of the, the podcast, of course, Restaurant Growth, you know, so you went from one location. Now I think you're opening you're up to four soon in Greenpoint. So I'm curious, did you always want to do more than one? Not at the very beginning. We did the very first one, definitely just to a bunch of young kids didn't know what we were doing. But once we, um, you know, once we started working on the first one, that idea uh, started growing. And we, once we received, you know, we were very fortunate to receive um, a lot of attention right off the bat. And it was really good to see where, how customers are re- responding to it. Um, and dry pot is definitely a dish that you can scale. Um, so after, I think, probably a couple of months of opening my project, we started thinking about uh, growth. And uh, we had some interest to, to you know, franchise and make it uh, grow faster and bigger. And I was just like, whoa, I, I, this is way too overwhelming. fast. Yeah, overwhelming. So we, we started um, just growing one by one. And 
um, now we're here. But, but at this point, I think we definitely have um, evolved. The team has grown so much also, and we have the confidence to scale faster now. Absolutely. So what was the, you know, one you opened the, the second location was at Bryant Park 2017. Um, and then 2021 was the third one, right? So what were the differences um, kind of opening, I guess, in 2017, uh, with that second location, um, and then going into an opening, um, you know, kind of in the height of the pandemic? What was that experience like? Yeah, the third location, it took us, maybe it took us two years to open because there was the lockdown. And as soon as we signed the lease, we had to stop construction to go into lockdown. Um, I think in terms of the build out, it definitely, everything's more expensive and takes a bit longer. Um, and I mean, that's to be expected, yeah. And in terms of the market, we have to, we're still trying to figure out what the market like today um and what do customers like today compared to three years ago four years ago so it feels like we're we're just we've become the students again and all that experience we had before is um you have to learn new things now absolutely um and one of the, i think those biggest new things was going to to the kind of the during lockdown with the to go um i know you have to go at at all the locations um, and, and what was the, what's the transition like with something that's so communal, um, and so built upon being in the space and eating, um, how do you replicate that? And what was your strategy, I guess, in making to go available and, and eating out, off out of the restaurant? Yeah, for sure. We were lucky because since the beginning we had, uh, takeout and delivery, and we also have a lot of other dishes outside of dry pie, including, um, fried rice and different, you know, Chinese fried chicken and fried noodles. Those are very um, takeout and delivery friendly and leftover friendly. Um, so we had a pretty strong foundation uh, going into lockdown. And dry pot itself is a very takeout friendly dish as well. Um, and if you're in the household, I, I think people were still sharing food and um, it was just a very... Um, versatile food uh, dish that you can have for almost any occasion. So that was, I guess, a, a blessing. And also going back to what I said earlier about like dry pot being something that's really uh, good for scaling because of the nature of that dish. I think, you know, of course, you know, dry pot as a cuisine and those dishes are, are good for scaling, but, you know, scaling, I think, is the people aspect of it. And something you mentioned is now you kind of have more of the confidence to scale with your team. What's been the, the changes like and how have you evolved kind of as as a leader um, since that first location? Yeah, we were, I think when you have only one location, you're in the restaurant business. And me as the owner is a restaurant owner. So that means I was doing the day-to-day -day operations. I would do service, I would be the expo, and I would be on the floor and buzzing tables um, with, with my servers. But since day one, I knew that we need to grow in order to have the team grow. Um, that we have to be physically bigger um, in order to build a bigger platform for my team, for whoever that wants to 
um, you know, maybe they want to learn new skills or maybe they want to um, be at a new position. And um, we had to, so I, I was kind of prepared to grow my team like that. And um, so now having the fourth location and going into um, bigger expansion, we've, my, my core team are all my, you know, uh, original um, employees and we all grew together from the floor doing service to now having to learn um, to work in a in a startup mode almost and um, figuring out the job description of a director of operations and figuring out how do we like how to form the team also and how to function like a actual you know like a like a startup rather than a restaurant which is a it's a different format of working almost like having to learn how to use asana and so yeah. all of that <laughs> so definitely you know we're, we're 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 learning but it's fun what were some of the hardest things about like you know some of people i talk to they say working working on the restaurant not in the restaurant right um so what were some of those early challenges um and some of the hardest things for you to kind of let go of when you were you know not busting tables anymore not we're not working the floor and moving into more of a leadership position yeah i was just completely confused about my my own job description and i when you're on the floor you know exactly what to do you have a checklist of you physically have a checklist of things that you need to complete and you're done of the, you're, you're done for the day and when i had to transition that from almost like a, a restaurant manager to to a leader of a team, it's I I didn't really know what that day to day looks like. Um, I mean, now I know you, but it's still I'm still trying to adjust to spending most of my day learning and coaching the team and leading the team and setting visions and also networking with other people. Um, but that doesn't have as much of a structure, and that just requires. A, a, a whole new different set of skills but yeah yeah it's less checklist based so I, I imagine you're kind of like you don't know what to do um so the the inclination is to go back and kind of just like keep working in the restaurant because you're like well at least i feel like i'm doing the work right yeah and many times even now i still find myself wanting to jump into um like a decision making process instead of letting my team handle it. So I have to physically pull myself back and just say, you know, let people do their own job. Yeah. So, and you mentioned your, your current kind of leadership team now was all original staff from um, the first restaurant. So just like people, servers and people that cooks and people that were working the floor with you. Yep. That's amazing. And how, how are you all able to transition together into that? Like, were there certain people that maybe weren't interested in leadership roles or, you know, did you put any systems in place to do that or it just kind of happened naturally? Yeah, there's, I mean, people, I think it's, you know, people want different things and we, we didn't really anticipate this is going to be what, what, what happens. We're very proud. And even just looking back, like the, the past year, we as individuals and as a team have all grown so much and including the people that are still servers and um um still on the floor because they're you know they're they're the they're the ground that they're literally taking care of the restaurants while we are um out just doing different things but everybody is 
just committed to their own job. Um, we, I think, pretty naturally, people find where they belong or where they're most comfortable in, whether if it's out in the field um, searching for locations or whether if it's on the floor at a home base taking care of the restaurants. Um, and we just go and we go at like um, along that wherever they're most um, comfortable in, we try to develop along that uh, line instead of um, kind of having the position set first and then put somebody in that position. We we try to fit the position on top of that person almost. Yeah. So as you grow, creating the positions based on people's strengths rather than try and say, oh, well, now you're the manager or, you know, I need you to do this. It, it's... Uh, I think that's like the benefit, right, of starting from one is being able to kind of grow into people's strengths and, and add people based on your weaknesses and um, and do all of that. So that's that's really interesting, you know. And that's like some pretty amazing retention, right? The original staff now is 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 in leadership roles. Um, how have you and your restaurants kind of fared with retention and staffing through you know what people are calling a labor shortage? Some people don't think it's a labor shortage. Uh, there's a lot of opinions about it. So I guess I'm asking. You know, how are you doing and what do you think of the current labor situation in the restaurant business? I think it's definitely very real. Um, last year, last winter, we, we did have to suffer, suffer through that. Also, um, I think um, there's, there's the, 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 the bigger environment and then there's the, the, our own environment, our own world within the four, four walls, and <clears throat> so we're looking at different problems that that we have to kind of navigate through um, within the the environment of a physical restaurant. I think, in terms of, I guess, in terms of hiring, if you are able to get somebody to walk in through your door, give your give you their resume, you just have to show them complete respect and um, and care and but then once you are able to get them on the team i think then it's up to um the the team to say how am i going to take care of this person um and you're not trying to take care of this person because there's a labor shortage and you don't want them to leave um you you know, it's it's basically how are you retaining? How are you maintaining this relationship with another human being? Um, and it's the same within the job, uh, the working environment, or outside of the job, uh, the working environment. You just, you know, you need to show respect. You need to listen. You need to communicate well. Um, and so, like, there's a labor shortage right now, um, and it might pass, but there's going to be a labor shortage in four years again, maybe. Can we do something about the service industry to make it suitable for somebody's career? Can you can you say, oh, I, I'm going into the service industry and this is my um, this is my lifetime mission because I love people. I love being on the floor. Um, so can we increase, like, you know, what are we going to do for people's benefit? What are we going to do for people's um, learning, like build a platform so that they can grow or um, at least making sure that they're they're comfortable on the floor. So that's something that we have to think about. 
For sure. Um, and what are some of those things, um, you know, are you doing some of those things at Mala Project right now? We're hoping to, where we have the, you know, the, the health benefit, um, 401k, have all of that set up. And to be honest, it's not easy for us. And we only started, I think it was this year or end of last year, we were able to put that in place. Um, when we only had one or two restaurants, restaurants don't have the capacity to to do to set up all of that and let alone thinking about um, other you know benefits but um, now we're fortunate enough to have it in place and some people don't opt in um, some people do opt in but at least you have that for them um, and even before when we didn't have um, health benefit that's not enough because at the end of the day people want money in their paychecks um, especially in this industry most people are younger and you know they don't necessarily care about your benefit your health insurance right so we have to be really creative in terms of what you can provide for um, your team and that doesn't have to be monetary and I think people if you're, we're, we try to make sure to make it very um, available for people. If you want to grow, we'll work something out for you. If you want to learn, we'll work something out for you. Um, try to do more tasting for people or like making sure people know, oh, we, we're, we're expanding. Are you interested in becoming the manager? Step forward and we'll train you. Um, so just make that really available and um, do regular lineup where people can eat together, um, chat together. Um, and maybe some other, we're trying to play with some other creative benefits, maybe yoga studio class, uh, pass, or even, you know, some other gym membership or Metro pass. Um, so that's something we're hoping to get to um, this quarter, hopefully. And all like just really great ways to, you know, you mentioned just like when people come in, giving them that respect um, and just like, you know, coming up with ways to do that at, at a whole business level, it seems like you're doing. So like you said, the lineups or, or, you know, telling, giving people opportunity to grow in whatever way they want or the whatever they're interested in, um, I think is all just like from a business standpoint, showing them or creating systems to to show people that respect right in a lot of different ways. Um, and just like you said, taking care of the people, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not like uh, business and employee, it's person to person. And that's kind of what hospitality is all about. Are there any kind of differences in how you're opening this restaurant now um, or staffing it? Or, you know, have you changed that up at all um, versus the restaurants you opened in the past? You know, it just seems like a very different world for restaurants um, 2022. Um, than it even was last year. And, and of course, you know, we all know what happened before that. Yeah, we uh, previously, we didn't really have um, um, a, an architect team or an interior designer team. This project, we um, partnered with a really good studio. Um, not Love is Enough, and they did uh, a crocodile. They did um, a rule of third big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of the work and I'm very excited. So this is the first time where um, we actually have interior designer behind and um, also our architect team, our construction team, everybody is just pros and they're you know, rock, rock stars and we're learning so much. Um, so this is the first time we will be working with different teams and that's something 
like you know also new relationships you you need to learn how to um how to navigate um and it's expected that it's going to take a little bit longer um and more money obviously um but i'm very excited to see what the finished product looks like absolutely that's exciting and i think that's like the kind of thing that once you get to those third and fourth locations, you can really start to, to get into and bring on and, and really grow your business that way. And I guess my last question is just kind of about the food, right? You know, if I'm coming in and I want to order dry pot, I know there's a lot of different options. Um, what are some of your favorite or go-to or what would you recommend for a first time um, to, to, to get? Yeah, first time. Um, typically, if you're coming by yourself, you can get maybe five to six things and I can tell you the best bowl to get <laughs> the, the best bowl or the bowl that I always get, which is sliced beef, spam, broccoli, um, konjac noodles and lotus root. And lotus root? Lotus root. You can throw some whole eggs in there or with your mushrooms in there, glass noodles. Actually, there's no best bowl. I, that's just your favorite right yeah absolutely cool um and with that um you know looking forward to that that second or that fourth opening rather excuse me um and that's in greenpoint brooklyn right correct awesome and where can people find you if they're interested in checking you out um we are on instagram at mala project uh i am on instagram as amelie kang awesome Thank you again so much for coming on the show. I think there's a lot of cool insights and takeaways for people, um, you know, that are getting into those second and third locations, learning how to kind of pull themselves out of the business a little bit and and trust others. Um, And I think there's a lot of restaurant owners that are going through that. And it's always a challenge. So thank you for sharing your experience with us. And we're really glad to welcome you on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for checking out the Restaurant Growth Podcast presented by Seven Shifts. We're so grateful to our listeners and we'd love to hear from all of you. Send us an email to podcast at sevenshifts.com and check us out on social. We're at Seven Shifts on all platforms. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next week.